Hey, this is It's All Downhill, and I'm Christy Brannon. Today I'm talking to Andy Awancio. She's so freaking funny. I met her as a stand-up in Seattle. I've seen her open for Cameron Esposito. It's a personal point of pride of mine to have been viciously roasted by her on occasion, but she's also a very accomplished DJ. You should definitely check her out on Twitter at Andy Awancio, and also follow her same handle on Instagram, where she posts comedy info and streams some live DJ sets. You can also hear more of her mixes, as well as a podcast she produces where she teaches other comedians how to DJ called It's Not Funny on soundcloud.com at Andy Awancio. I'm going to post all this in the show notes if I hadn't said that already, uh, but for now, just enjoy the interview. It's like really organic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've been here too long. Uh, I swear you're like, uh, I, 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 if the, the first time that you say, uh, synesthesia or if synergy or dynamic, I will put you down. That's what old Christy would have wanted. That, I mean, that's a mercy and I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that I have someone looking out for me. That's what I'm here for. Uh, yeah. So basically it's kind of like. Like, what you do now, I know you as mostly just a comedian, but do you do any other stuff that's, like, really big? DJing, obviously. Um, yeah, it's mostly DJing, and I w- was involved with conventions for a long time. I backyard wrestled for a while. I, uh, but That's but- a good thing. DJing is, uh, people know me from DJing more than they know me from comedy. Really? Very slowly, that's the, like, very slowly, that's, actually, no, people probably know me more from comedy now, but a lot of my, like, uh, a lot of the folks I want to, well, I probably know more people because of doing, uh, yeah, I probably know more people from doing like DJing because I've been DJing for 20 years mm. um and uh yeah I, I most people would probably know me from not really but like I don't know hmm. I'm not 100% you, sure but DJing like yeah DJing you put more of yourself into that than stand-up uh it's nice to have it with everything happening with the crisis and the pandemic everybody's like bottled up and for most folks they've lost almost all of the process all of the uh progress that they've made in their careers which sucks but for me i like i have djing so i have another creative pursuit and really that like one of the things that i can't I can't like recommend enough is to have several creative pursuits because it's just the two might relate to each other, but it's nice to have, be able to take the time off from one to do the other. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this, the social game of one will odds uh, reflect on the other. And then you're just like, Oh, people are just shitheads <laughs> everywhere. And the like having that is very good, but I've never, I think, there's a certain amount of I don't think I could make a living doing doing comedy and it's I I, this was one of the times like this really was a 
one of the times that like if I if I was doing comedy for a living I'd be fucked like mm-hmm. legitimately fucked I have epilepsy so I need to be able to afford the medication and afford the hospital should I should something happen and like comedy wouldn't have uh like it sucks for a lot of people right now mm-hmm. um the reality is is that I just didn't have enough faith in my own talent to make it work but at this point I at this point I'm gonna take any any chance I can to fold my arms and go yeah I knew that happened it's a good <laughs> thing I didn't do comedy like yeah this is why I did yeah that. it's not my own it's not my own self-sabotaging as doubts to my own creative pursuits as being able to make a living none of that it's because i had the foresight about a you know deadly virus killing lots of things people (laughs) and comedy wow that's amazing i'm so impressed at that foresight but yeah that's okay also then so explain to me the progression of where where you went from uh, conventions to then backyard wrestling to DJing to comedy and like when did you like when did you decide to do each of these things and what kind of order? Yeah, uh, I I would say that I I loved dance music since I was in I like found it when I was in like high school so like ninety. I would say like 94, 95. Mm-hmm. And I I found dance music like on uh this like old outdated like music format on an old Macintosh computer. Um and then I I just kind of stayed with my love of dance music. I think I've had that above all. But then I just uh befriended somebody who took in high school took me to a science fiction convention and then I just loved science fiction conventions and anime conventions I just fell headlong into but uh at the same time I had another circle of friends who uh were also nerds and just being nerdy about a lot of things is something I really enjoy just like having genuine love of different things and I have this weird thing where the wrestling, pro wrestling, has been like a weird part of my life. Uh, my brother really liked watching it when I was young, in like the eighties. Mm-hmm. And then I got his 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 toys, his wrestling toys. <laughs> he used to perform like moves. He'd be like, "Ah, this is a busted." Um, uh, there's a move called a Boston Crab, but because I was young and misheard my brother or maybe it's just this terrible Baltimore accent. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was busted crab. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds wrestling too. (laughs) But, uh, but in, in, and then my, uh, yeah, again, the people would hang out. We would just hang out in a Denny's late, (laughs) late at night because that's all we had to do. The one person who could drive, we'd go to a Denny's and then, like, hang out and be nerdy about shit. But we started just goofing off in a, their backyard with, um, goofing off with a mattress, pretending to do wrestling. Oh. This is in, like, I think junior high, or, jun- sorry, junior year of high school. 
uh, mostly senior year, though, I'd say. Uh, we, it started with just having a mattress. Then we had two mattresses. Then we had nine mattresses and <laughs> ropes and poles. And then uh, somebody, we found out that there was a name for what we were doing called Backyard Wrestling. So this is really hipsters. I'm really a hipster for Backyard Wrestling. Wow. We were doing it when we didn't know other people were doing it anywhere. Aww. Like, it was just finding out a GeoCity site and finding out that other people were doing it. It was just this amazing, like, I, it was just a just wild kind of amazing, like, happenstance. Um, Do you ever make characters or, like, meet any of the other people that were doing it that you didn't know were doing it once you found out? Um, no, I think we've uh, we we met some of the folks because we got plans. The we then got plans. Somebody was selling online plans for a full size wrestling ring made out of stuff you could just purchase. Wow. So then we had a full size wrestling ring we were wrestling in. Oh, but the folks, escalation is so good. <laughs> but we like joked. Or I. But the reality is, is that we really like would make i mean any person that watches wrestling makes fun of it we mm -hmm. all that's pretty much like a good chunk of that time is being funny about wrestling and that that's like part of what gave me my sense of humor was like doing that and like mm -hmm. performing and performing on like of like recording it performing it watching it and then like I don't know. I I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoy wrestling and I really uh the amount of like acting that goes into it is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Um I love I love professional wrestling, but I do I never keep up, so somebody always has to tell me like what's happening with the storyline and then I'm like, "Oh, that's wild. I love this." I I think for the thing that happens is that like but for a lot of the things I'm nerdy about, I'm like nerdy, but then I got social skills, so I don't want to be too nerdy about some shit. Like mm -hmm. my friends will be like telling me about some wrestling federation and this one's good. You just have to torrent it and download this. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. This all is really just tiring. I can't that's uh that's also I think it's interesting because like something that I think of when I think of your humor is just how fucking good you are at roasting people oh uh so I love that that's kind of like a big part of it seems like what you were doing then yeah 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 giving each other shit and being able to there's parts of my timing that are uh there's parts of my timing in comedy and pieces of my uh, sentence fragments and pieces and like commas and pauses are somewhat based upon um, or some performances I brought have been uh, all have like tiny references to us goofing around and doing wrestling. Just like the Aww. Denny's jokes that I, you know, the Den... Den Denny's jokes that I had were legitimately from high school. Oh, wow. That's so cute. Yeah. Uh, but they're still, like, they seem relevant now. 
when you tell those jokes. When did when did you start doing comedy from all of this? Like two, I tried it once when I was in uh, third grade. I did jokes at a uh, uh, elementary school uh, talent show. My I had my dad taught me a bunch of Stephen Wright jokes that I did on stage. <laughs> I did an impression of Steve Urkel, and yes, I I've never been able to find out if me doing a Steve Urkel impression is cultural appropriation or not. Hmm. I'm gonna err on the side of cultural appropriation. <laughs> but, yeah, in some uh, ways, <laughs> well, it sounds cute though. But yeah, that's where I first tried comedy, and then uh, in 2007 is when I first like got on stage, got on stage. Wow. And that was at the Seattle Under uh, Comedy Underground, the old one. Um, and then I like did it for like a year and a half or two years, and then just couldn't deal with it. And I also wasn't out as transgender at that point, so there's like a lot of like when you're trans when you're trans and you're kind of like hide uh, uh, people have compared this in other ways but like you're spending so much of your time like hiding uh, hiding a part of yourself for your entire life for me it was while it, it was in like high school i found out in high school in like yeah. and that was in like uh like sophomore years when I like really like or freshman or sophomore years when I really like knew in some way but yeah it's always been just like in the back burner so there's like always this amount of processing speed in terms of your brain like you're always like you've got 50% you can put to something else but mm. 50% is always hiding that you're trans or hiding any part of that being uh, or questioning any of that. You're like, most of your time is spent hiding that you're trans. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah. so me, I wasn't out and I was doing comedy for like a year and a half or two years. And then, uh, some sometime after that I came out came out and then coming back to comedy I was or you know the times I'd slowly come back to comedy by doing mics and stuff it was so much better mm -hmm. and it was entirely it was entirely forward finally coming out that was such a relief and that was such a load off my shoulders that it made uh my comedy better and I think some people talk about that I think people talk about that um, as well when they're closeted in terms of being gay or a lesbian or uh, or queer, any of that. Um, it's it's like that, but I say that tra the trans thing's a little, it's a little more work. <laughs> I would say it's like a lot more like hiding who you are and hiding yourself and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that would be difficult. I feel like um, a lot of comedy, too, if it's going to be good, like, you have to have a certain level of, like, just actual, like, vulnerability and, like, the truth of, like, who you are put into it. So the fact that you couldn't even 
put that into it? Like, how did that affect your comedy at the time? Uh, it was just, my comedy just was, I, it was, on, honestly, it's not like it really, I was in my first year, when you're in your first year and a half or two years of comedy, it's not really like, it's, it's not like if I was out as trans, it would have made my comedy good then. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, well, I feel like you're kind of still like during that time, I am for sure, just like, do I like this? Is this yeah. a thing I can do? <laughs> do people? Do other people like it when I do this? Um, uh, answer that, then you can like do good stuff. Hopefully. How long have you been doing comedy now? It's been actually. I thought it was like um, about two years, but it's been a little bit longer. It's been like two and a half years because uh, I found a diary entry about when I started. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, before that, I was doing sketch comedy a lot in Seattle. But uh -huh. for stand-up, it's been, it's been like two and a half. <laughs> how, how long were you doing sketch? Um, I would say like for about three or four years before, before I did oh, stand-up. Yeah. yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, so tell me about kind of what you're working on now. I know you have that DJ podcast. I was doing the DJ podcast. I mean, that's really, um, I, I've just been putting, I've just been putting out regular mixes. I put the podcast out every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I, I think the, the, the cool thing is, is that like, when I do them, I want them to be things that just stand on their own like the like somebody could listen to it today or listen to it a year from now because that's how dj mixes kind of are when they're like if they're not commenting or sampling a lot of like current things then like they stand as pretty still as just like something you could listen to anytime that's more evocative about the order that you hear it and when you heard it and the place and setting you were um so like the mixes are all like people could listen if somebody wants to show their friend the mix uh a mix they did it's not like go to episode 37 it's just like this is it's like go to my episode you can hear it <laughs> yeah I, I wanted it to be able to be shared and be evergreen in a way I like that that's such a good idea I also think it's interesting like I I tend to do like playlists by like month of just like music that I like listening to all the time and then that ends up like imprinting a memory on different songs mm -hmm. so you, is that's kind of how you feel like do you ever like take like a mood or like what you're like up to or what you're feeling and then you just like try and build a mix around that i know nothing about djing so i'm very interested in in how you, you feel about it and what you do with it you generally find one genre that you're really into and generally that genre will be like it can be fat i a lot of people i think people generally start liking something very fast and then end up liking slower music like that would be your standard like growth of a dj from the late 90s to early 2000s 
since then it's just like what kids find first and what people find first in terms of dance music is just so different i'm like i'm a rave grandma you have to know that i felt like i've been surfing 20 years of keeping track of just about every change in um dance music for 20 years i find that there are different genres i want to hear at different times of day i work with headphones on and it's a physical job so basically i keep to keep my timing up because with DJing, you have to have an internal clock that's very good. Mm-hmm. And to keep my timing up, I'll play fast music at work and then do it all on beat, basically. So it's just Ooh. Entirely, it entirely helps uh, helps me practice. Basically, it keeps, my, it keeps my ear good on practicing DJing, for practicing DJing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, but generally, uh, I've been listening to a very fast type of music, drum and bass, and that's very syncopated and very, very quick. And I've mostly dedicated myself to playing that. And so that's like 174 BPM generally. Beats, BPM is beats per minute. But over that time, I started, I originally played with a, I played trance, then hard trance, then hard house, then funky house, funky house, funky house, fidget house, uh, some, and then like in the middle of their breaks, breakbeat, hip hop, uh, big beat, which is like from the 90s. Uh, that's like Fatboy Slim. That's called oh. like, <laughs> Fatboy Slim and Chemical Brothers is that was a genre called big beat um then trance in there somewhere and yeah just about every but they're all different moods to me i put them at like different times you have to always when you're starting djing like play one song to the other and they have to be the same speed so you don't vary too much in terms of like what you'll do in a set Mm -hmm. but over time you get quicker and quicker and I'm pretty decent at like just jumping around genres and playing whatever I want. But, but yeah, let me see if I can give you, let me illustrate my knowledge of dance music. What's, <laughs> what's a dance music song you listened to recently? Hmm. I... It could be current or not current. I'll see if I, I can do this. Okay. I... <laughs> Honestly, I <laughs> I feel like I listened to um Hit Me Baby one more time recently. Is that that's not dance, but that I would dance to uh, it. <laughs> that's pop. I don't uh, know if I've listened to dance. I don't know if I do that. You probably listen to dance music. What's a dance music song that I would know? Uh I don't Well, I'm saying like I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say hit maybe one more time. I think that's more pop than dance music. I will say a song, a really fun song. Uh, this is a really, this is a really uh, interesting point. There is a song by Britney Spears. And the song, I, I don't argue, I consider it maybe the best I would say it's the best dance pop song uh, 
I want to say for like a good 10 year chunk. I would say at wow. least 10 years in mainstream pop dance music, their names right now, but it was like built from the, it was built and constructed by amazing, amazing producers. But what's amazing about it is one, it's just an amazing song that still sounds fresh today. That is wild and that is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like for something to feel evergreen in dance music, it's very rare. Two, it's just got great strings and everything. Here's the part that's amazing. Is that when you talk to when you talk to gay people or you talk to queer people, when you just talk to like you like find love in dance music because how you feel together is to dance together and dance a lot. When you usually talk to dudes about pop music what happens more often than not this will happen more often than not young old people will be like i don't really listen to that like pop stuff like dudes like broy dudes will be like i don't listen to any of that that britney spears toxic song's pretty cool <laughs> so there's this wild thing where it is brought together like the broiest and the feminist of all people <laughs> <laughs> secretly and openly love the song toxic if we could <laughs> dance floor together you like i play it i play it when i when i could play it and i would play it a lot it's just it people just love that fucking song and it's not overplayed it's one of those songs you're like i don't think i've heard it enough times that i would be annoyed by hearing it mm -hmm. almost every day i love that song <laughs> But yeah, it, br it really brings together um, straight dudes and gay <laughs> men. Like, it's wild. It's really wild. I uh, love that. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcasting service you use so you don't miss the next episode. I update every Wednesday. Follow me on social media at Downhill Pod. Or if you want to email me, maybe you have comments, maybe you want to be on the podcast, send an email to alldownhillpodcast at gmail.com. This will all be in the show notes. Make sure to follow Andy at Andy Owancio on Twitter, on Instagram, on SoundCloud to hear more of her stuff. She's amazing. That's all I have to say. I love you. Goodbye.